0: movement and multiplication today's topic encouragement ignites activity that's my title encouragement and I think it works really well today I'm just going to pull some of the the top points out but for the the observant among you you may have noticed that I'm a bit stiff this morning but for two weeks I've been um, nurturing an unexpectedly uh, uncomfortable back so I'm not going to be in the pool today doing the baptisms The, the rest of the team are going to be working with that but um, I was in the, uh, the gym this week. Liz, you've already told me often. That I'm not allowed to tell this one, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> by, the way, by the way, Liz is my wife, and sh- she's the sane one in our household. But, you know, like all men, we listen to our wives. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so I'm in a moment. This is all about encouragement. I'm in, I, I just was a bit silly this week, because I, I, last week I strained my back, and on Monday I thought, you know what, I've had enough of this strain nonsense. The best way of getting rid of aches and pains is exercise it out. (laughs) Well that ain't happening again let me tell you. So (laughs) so I did go down to David Lloyd Amida where I've been a member for a number of years and all my trust was in the facilities down there uh, until I realised I couldn't get my shorts on Uh, uh, but I was by then hadn't got anything else on either so I, I was kind of stuck. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you can't go somewhere because you haven't got enough on to be, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very difficult, si- anyway, so I, I, I had, fortunately I did have Lycra cycling shorts <laughs> and I thought well I'll get away with it if I look, anyway, so I, I grabbed a towel and I thought well I'll go into the spa and try and ignore anybody's strange looks and um, Anyway, this woman, this mature lady, said to me, have you got a problem with your back? And I I thought, oh no, here we go. And uh, I said, yeah, actually, it's quite sore. As I tried to sit down, couldn't. And she said, oh, I've had that for 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) Prophet of doom. (laughs) I said, OK, here's me believing all those promises by his stripes. (laughs) Anyway, she said, oh, you know what? I've got this most amazing medicine. It will just sort you out. She said, I take two a day and life's fantastic. I I, I thought, give me some. (laughs) I'm desperate for it. Anyways, I I thought, well, I ought to check what it is. She said, oh, they're 500 milligram tablets, one in the morning, one in the evening. That's it. You'll be fine. So how quickly do they work? And she said, oh, in minutes. I thought, oh, thank heavens for that. I can... Anyway, I'm working out how I'm going to get out of the place without calling an ambulance. And, and um, anyway, she, she rushes off, gets a couple of tablets. And while she's rushed off, another guy comes up to me and talks to me all about how he's slipped his disc and how he's had sciatica. <laughs> and, you know, I'm... <laughs> it really was purgatory. Anyway, anyway, so she turns up with these two tablets. I've never been more excited than to see someone with tablets. I just thought, I hope these are the real deal. Anyway, so she gave me these things. Now, we have doctors in the house, and we did in the first service. So anyway... I said, what are they? And she said, they're naproxene. And I, and, I, and I thought, I don't know what they are. But I said, can I have paracetamol with those? And she said, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. So anyway, I took them. They made absolutely no difference at all. Um, I then saw a, a mature man from Africa. And I said, excuse me, can you help me get my trousers on? <laughs> so so he, he, uh, he followed me out to my, anyway. I, I, I really, it wasn't a good day. And... Uh, Anyway, I got home, and what made it worse is I looked up what naproxene is. And it says um, it's an anti inflammatory used to relieve symptoms from arthritis and moderate pain, including acute gout, tendonitis, or menstrual cramps. (laughs) (laughs) And now I know why the doctor didn't prescribe them to me. So, uh, anyway, so that's the end of the preach then. So, so encouragement ignites activity. (laughs) anyway so let's just jump straight to the gospel because that's more important than my (laughs) stories so my first point oh hang on where are we we won't spend too much time on some of the slides i'll skip them if i can get to them oh here we go oh yeah newsflash these are the guys um who were encouraging each other to spend the night in the cemetery in bromley uh this is the (laughs) cemetery sleep out guys who raise money for the homeless and most of them are actually in here are you all in here guys well, well done. I just want to say well done, and uh, we'll move on from there. <laughs> actually, I did notice that our um, community champion is in there somewhere. Uh, he's, he's lying asleep. down. He's asleep, is he? <laughs> well, the, 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 Fred, are you in here? Right, we can talk about him. Uh, Fred, fr- <laughs> Fred, Fred's the guy lying down with the white thing at the back. He, he actually caught two bank robbers. And we, th- we thought he was going to be our cape crusader, looking out, 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 out for these guys while they were sleeping out. But clearly, <laughs> <laughs> he's had his own dosage of something. OK, so encouragement then. Uh, right, encouragement. Um, this whole t- text is, is Acts 11, uh, 19 to 30. We're not going to read it. You can read it in your own time if you choose to. I'm just going to pull a few things out. But there's a, a key statement ...that has been really hit in our church recently... ...and I really intentionally want to bring this again. Vlad brilliantly preached last Sunday... ...and the, the whole team do a good, good, good job. But um, this is it. God gave me this about three or four or five weeks ago... ...and I felt he was absolutely speaking into my life. He said, Godly vision will mess with you. Godly vision messes with us... ...but then it matures in us... ...and it multiplies through us. Um, if coming to Christ and coming to church... Is, is if your objective is to have a nice simple life go somewhere else because if we really are seeking God he will mess around with your plans and your purposes he'll mess around with what you think you're looking for because God's plan is always greater higher longer stronger more provision than anything else you could ever want and so to get us to see it he will mess with us and he certainly messed up my life a number of times to get me to see in fact I'm only a pastor today because he messed around in my business world years ago and he just uh, literally arrested me in my situation not because I've broken the law by the way but because of, he drew my attention but once he messes with us and this is totally theologically sound if you want a good explanation last week's preach was done by Vlad and he explains how this is really sound biblically but God's vision will mess with you because, just like Romans 12,2, he he doesn't like you to keep your head the same as it was when you first come to faith. He's talking about renewing your mind, he's talking about changing your patterns, messing around with your cultural experiences. You know, our church has got 20 to 30 cultures in it, different nationalities, but we are here in a kingdom culture, which means that we've got to think kingdom. If we think, if we think Macedonia, we think wherever, if we think, if we think our primary identity is Ethiopia or um, Australia, bless them, then then the world is going to get messed up by the Australians. And uh, and we don't want that. (laughs) At all. In fact, some from New Zealand (laughs) are in this meeting, so we can sort them out as well. Anyway, so God's going to mess around with our cultural context. He's going to mess around with our our working lives. Why? Because he's got a better plan. It's not because he just wants to give you grief. It's because he's got a much better plan than you've got. Anyway, but once his vision gets into you, it will start to mature in you. And that maturing is when you start to change your, your philosophy in some senses. Now, he's not going to mess around with his own word. The word of God stands forever. He's not going to break his word. He's not going to mess around with his word and you suddenly get some incredible revelation and redefine what it means to love people. Right? That's not what he's talking about. But he will change the way you think about your life. But then his intention is always to multiply through us. Right, and in this, this meeting this morning, um, we've got people, uh, and by God's grace, this church, BCC, is able to partner and just draw alongside some great, great friends. And, um, you know, we're really delighted. Richard's here this morning with Sally and, and his Willow, Willow Network. I have to keep reminding myself of what you call yourselves these days. But God has messed around with Richard's head, (laughs) hasn't he? And and rightly so, because he's now on a journey of of planting simple missional churches. That's what he's doing, and that's why some of you are in this meeting this morning. And uh, Phil and Caroline, I know you're on that journey as well. And there's, and there's another one going to start. And I think that's fantastic. For me, if kingdom is our priority, then church brand is secondary to that. <coughs> you know, kingdom is kingdom is kingdom. We come into his kingdom, not into our kingdom. And, and of course, Stuart, uh, with his church at Campbellwell, is, is drawn alongside us. He's doing a degree at London School of Theology. And, and we're walking the journey with him. And we've got a, a move of God going out in Macedonia, in Tetovo where where the guys out there are wanting to form church now and we're seeing people saved and there are other churches that are linking in to us why? not because of anything special in us as individuals but because God's kingdom if, he let, if we let him mess with us boy he loves it because he, he messes with us so that he can mature through us so encouragement who likes encouragement? who likes to be discouraged? not many takers we like encouragement we like to build each other up so, just a couple of verses then. Acts 11, 22-24. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy. I'm seeing the evidence of God's blessing in this meeting this morning. And I know that God is filled with joy, and we are too. And he encouraged, it says, the believers to stay true to the, to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith and many people were brought to the Lord. If it's healthy, it's going to grow. So the big problem is with small, is it's always going to get bigger. It's just how, how, is, how are we going to handle the getting bigger bit? Uh, we've got that problem. You guys in Willow Network are going to have that problem. You know, Stuart and his church, you're going to have that problem. And praise God, we've got that problem. But God wants to mess around with us and mature in us and produce something through us. So Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement, uh, named by the apostles in Jerusalem. And uh, he did a... He was obviously a good man. We know if you look back at Acts 4 that actually his own testimony spoke for himself because he was generous, he sold what he had, he gave it to the apostles to distribute and, uh, and the like. By the way, if kids get too un- un- noisy, don't worry too much about it. It doesn't faze me, but there's, there is a, a video link and an audio link to a, a parent's room just behind the church here if you need to go there. Um, but why was, why was Barnabas chosen by God and by the apostles? Because Barnabas was a man who said yes. He was a man who said yes. He wasn't a man who said no. He could discern the difference between what is yes and what is no. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. But most of the time, if we're being obedient to God, the answer has got to be yes. Because if we know He's speaking, then saying yes should be our default. So if we're serving, if we are leading, if we are taking faith risks, then the answer has got to be yes, we'll go where God sends us, yes, we will do what He tells us to do. so Barnabas was a key man because he encouraged thank you very much for looking after the young one you know that's no problem at all, um, but you know I, I remember as a young man myself that um I remember being at a point where my career, because I was in the secular world for many years and I was really nervous because someone wanted to promote me and sometimes you may say, well, if someone wants to promote you, surely that's what everyone's dreaming of. Well, I wasn't sure it was the right thing, but I wanted to say yes and I was nervous about it and I spoke to an elder who was a friend of mine. This is going back just a few years ago, and (laughs) a couple of years ago, (laughs) and um, Brian, anyway, Brian, he prayed for me and I got the job and... But you know what, sometimes you just got to say yes. And even though it looks daunting, if you know that God's in it and you've got that test of peace and you've been praying, then you've got to trust God and say yes. And I remember one time being in South Africa in 2010 and being absolutely terrified to have to preach to a mixed church in South Africa, Johannesburg, staying with a couple who, they were fanatical prayers. They prayed all the time. In fact, and I'm not really, it was a good thing, but the guy, he was, a, I think he was a barrister, but anyway, he was an educated man. He had his own prayer tower in his house, and he said to me at two in the morning, do you want to join me for an hour's fervent prayer? Uh, I said, what, at two in the morning? He said, <laughs> he said yeah, well, that's when it all happens. Uh, I, I said, well, not for me, thanks. <laughs> but anyway, but, um, as the trust built up during the week, he even showed me his prayer shawl, and <laughs> it was just... He was colourful, that's all I'll say. But you know what? He was a man of prayer, and I couldn't knock him because that man and his wife were so full of prayer. That's why we as a church pray every week. We fast every quarter. We pray. If you think you can build church without active, committed, fervent prayer, another planet. Prayer is where the power is. Prayer is where the power is. And this couple, they said to me, can we join you in the service that you'll be preaching at in Johannesburg? I was really nervous because I thought they're going to wreck it for me. They're going to think I'm a nut job. Anyway, they turned up and they prayed all the way through that service. And you know, somewhere between 25 and 35 people out of a congregation of about 200 all gave their lives to Christ. How is that possible? Because the Spirit of God moves. And I'm going to tell you, I think it was their praying. It wasn't my preaching. I think God just does amazing things when we pray. And if we are so busy in life that when it comes to prayer we say no... God will get us back to that point until we say yes. It's always got to be yes. And you know, in terms of encouragement, there's a guy called Anatoly France who's a Nobel Prize winner in 1921 for literature. And he said 90% of education is encouragement. I mean, how many times do you hear of, you know, if you, what was your favourite class at school? Who was your favourite teacher? It wasn't someone who told you off every two minutes or embarrassed you in front of your classmates. It was the one who just took time out to affirm you, to say, well done, thank you for trying. You did a good job there. Recognize your hard work. So encouragement is vital. And encouragement is always a precursor to the supernatural. Did you know that? Encouragement. Sometimes people get so freaked out, they want to go and hear Bill Johnson because they think that's where you get your your access to heaven. I'm telling you, that is one route. But just start by encouraging people. You encourage someone to be in fellowship, you encourage someone to trust God, you encourage someone to, to pray with you, you encourage someone to, to take a step of faith and put their trust in Jesus for the first time. You encourage someone just to attend a meeting with you. That's where the supernatural originates. It's the encouragement, and that's why God brought Barnabas, son of encouragement, to Antioch, which was the, became the hub for the entire outreach to the Gentile world why was it Barnabas because he was the son of encouragement he he was the one who was making it happen he was the one anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad God knows it the Bible's full of practicalities it's full of practicalities you can read it and we'll move on you know King David when he was in times of great stress he says I will praise the Lord at all times I will, my soul will praise the Lord. And we know there was a time in Ziglag where where he had six hundred soldiers and the wives and kids got kidnapped by the Amalekites. And and what what happened? He just felt so down. But he knew that David could strengthen himself in the Lord. And he knew. He knew how to encourage himself. Are you feeling down? Are you feeling (coughs) discouraged? Are you feeling like the world's getting on top of you? Get in front of Jesus Christ. Get in front of God seriously get some time with him. He will build you up. Before long, you'll be praying. Into s- I do it all the time, actually. If I feel a little bit like things are a bit heavy, I just shut my door, have a time of worship, thank God. You know it always seems to happen? I always end up getting words of knowledge. <laughs> it's so funny. It's the supernatural happens all the time. I, I get a word of knowledge. I get a piece of prophetic insight. I'll be praying. You know, And how is it that you go from a moment of frustration to a moment of incredible encouragement. And then you text someone and say, oh, by the way, God just said this. And then you find out, wow, their life's just changed. It's just amazing, isn't it? So so encouragement is profoundly important. Encouragement. And, uh, you know, there are people getting baptised today who have been encouraged on their journey. And they're getting baptised because they've relied on the encouragement and God's move in their life. And we're going to hear their testimonies in a few minutes. You know, I've just got, I f- think I've got a photo here. See this weird couple of pickies there? There's actually, that's one situation. When, we, when Erica and I were in Macedonia just recently, um, we, w- we found ourselves walking down the wrong street. And that's a bad shot, but that's a lady in the middle. And I think that's Rick Drenk on the right. And, uh, and on the left-hand side, I think, is the lady's husband. What you can't see there, what looks like a couple of bicycle wheels and some, actually, the bicycle hubs and attached to all those wheels and hubs are these tiny little threads. They're like brass-type threads or gold-coloured threads. And what this Albanian family are doing is they're weaving lots of little threads into long strings of wound thread. And all the way down that street behind them, these long wires that you can hardly see are, are, are being wound together to make threads. And they take those threads and they make wedding dresses out of them. It's extraordinary. And those of you who've been to Tetovo will remember there's a street and it's full of wedding dress shops. Do you remember that? It's a, it's a really weird thing. All the way down that street, there's loads of shops selling wedding dresses, Albanian wedding dresses. And they've got all this gold thread or gold-coloured thread. And they do it in this tiny little situation. Now, encouragement is more than just building up a believer. Encouragement is a doorway to bring the gospel into someone's life. And we went and had a chat with these people in this street and just we were just amazed at the, the simple mechanical device they created to create twine, effectively, that they were going to make wedding dresses out of. In fact, we got on with, well with them so much that the guy who owned the house said, come and have a look what else I've made. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Jordan and eric sitting on a trike that this guy had built and he was so excited that anybody was interested in his world he said he took the covers off this trike and started to get this thing out we said look we don't need to have a joy ride on your trike but but it was amazing this whole thing was an electric bike that he'd built it's interesting isn't it just by showing encouragement and enthusiasm and yes that yes i will talk yes i will connect open up a huge opportunity. That family said to us, next time you're here, you come and have dinner with us. That's basically their mindset. You just The door is open to you. The door opened just by way of encouraging someone, just showing an appreciation for someone. And yet, sometimes we miss it. So the first point, and it's probably my longest point, that um, encouragement ignites activity so encouragement is key just a couple more small points before we kind of get to the end of the message but the second one is this navigation it says then Barnabas went to, Tro- uh, to Tarsus to look for Saul when he found him he brought him back to Antioch both of them stayed there and the church with the church for a full year teaching large crowds of people it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians And we know that the word Christian is simply a nickname for people who follow Jesus, Jesus Christ. But do you get what's happening here? Barnabas was instrumental in seeing a serious move of God take place in Antioch. You may never have seen this, and you may never have even made the connection. But you know, when Paul, who was Saul, had his Damascus Road experience, he ended up going to Tarsus. And we don't know very much about Saul. He just disappears off to Tarsus. And in fact, we know he goes off to Arabia at some point. But look what happened. Barnabas, because he was a man who was there and he was an encourager, he was a man who was able to say yes. He was a man who said yes to opportunities. That ability to say yes gave him the ability not only to speak with his mouth, but to see with his eyes and to understand with his spirit you start to say yes to a few things, you watch what you start to see. If you can learn to say yes when a need arises watch what happens because not only will your response of yes open an opportunity, your eyes will see the potential of something far bigger and when your eyes see the potential of something far bigger your spirit will be ignited by the opportunity of the supernatural. I'm telling you, you want miracles, start by saying yes when the opportunity arises. Say yes to volunteering. You know, every one of our volunteer teams, it's not about doing jobs, it's ministry. I see every volunteer in BCC as being involved in ministry. You may not see it. You may see that outside welcome team is just about car parking. No, it's not. Your work is a ministry. When you say yes to being involved in the outside welcome team, you are bringing a ministry opportunity to someone who may not yet know Jesus Christ. When you work in the cafe with Mina and the other team, you are basically saying yes and your eyes will begin to open. But you can shut yourself down. You need to, we need to be looking. It's not about doing jobs. This church is not about jobs. God doesn't need a load of people to do jobs. He needs people to see what's going on in the kingdom of God. He needs people to see it. He's forcing me to look at it. Why are we baptising people after this service, in the next service, who don't actually regularly come to this church? Why are we doing it? Because the kingdom of God is way more important than BCC, the brand. It's not about BCC. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about this church and its identity. It's all about Jesus Christ. He is the boss. It's his kingdom. And we're here to see and do. When we say yes, then God gets to move. Do you realise that? When I sat down with my friend Richard Garner two and a half years ago, and he said, Mark, I think God might be connecting us. I said, yes. This afternoon, in fact, in about an hour and a half time, his son is being baptised in this church. He's planted two churches already, simple churches. Some of you are saying, what on earth is a simple church? A simple church is a life group that's got a missional heart to multiply. He's in the process of launching his third simple church in the space of about six months. Our life groups should be multiplying. Our life groups are simple churches. When we launched the Simple Church in Tetevo, you know, we could have baptised someone there four years ago, but we didn't. But I'm praying that this year we will baptise someone. Going into next year, we will baptise people. We want to see our life group leaders baptising people that you've won to Christ. Why? Because you've said, yes. And how's that going to work? It's when our whole church is actively, faithfully, in fellowship together. And we say, yes, I'm going to make space. I know we've got to juggle a few things around, but we're going to say yes. We're going to do what we have to do. We're going to do what we have to do. But what happened here? Get this. Saul, who wrote, Saul who became Paul, who wrote probably two-thirds of the New Testament. Probably the greatest theological inspiration in the New Testament. A man that was a persecutor of the believers was in Tarsus. Who was it who went and got him from Tarsus? Barnabas why why was Barnabas the one who went and got him because Barnabas was the one who said yes Barnabas was the one who said yes I'll go Barnabas was the one who saw the potential it was Barnabas who realized Saul is the man I've got to go find him it was but nobody said nobody in Jerusalem said go find Saul of Tarsus nobody nobody in Antioch said go find Saul God said to, to, to Barnabas, go find him. How? Because because he said yes, his life was opened up to the Spirit of God. He started to see the supernatural. So he went himself. He went and looked for Saul. And he found him. He was inspired by the Spirit. So let me ask you a question. Who has God planned for you to restore and bring back? Barnabas saw that he had to restore Saul who was in Tarsus and bring him back into ministry. Even Saul, I don't even know if Saul really... God had promised in Acts 9 verse 15, he said, you will be my apostle to the Gentiles. But he was was in Tarsus. Who was the man who made that, that transition happen? It was Barnabas. It was Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who saw and encouraged and realized he's the one who should be here. Why he speaks Greek? He understands the culture of Antioch. Antioch, this massively cosmopolitan community, he understands it. And what does he do? He goes and gets him. He literally goes and finds Saul. God is calling us not to sit around in church waiting for someone to turn up. God has called us to be people who say yes and go find. Yes and go find. Being a Christian in God's kingdom is yes, go find. Yes, go find. Ask ourselves a question. I'm asking myself, who am I finding right now? Who is it that I'm finding? There are people in this church who are finding incredible people and they are changing, their lives are changing. And this is a challenge. This is not a criticism, it's a challenge. Out of that yes and go find, there will be fruitfulness. And when there's fruitfulness, there will be fruit that grows. Third and final point, trust. So we've got this whole idea of encouragement. Current Encouragement trivers, triggers navigation. And then finally, trust is what, what becomes an outcome. Acts 10, 20, sorry Acts 11, 27-30, During this time, some prophets travelled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up in the meetings of, and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming into the entire Roman world. And this was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul. Look what happened. Barnabas who said yes. Barnabas the son of encouragement. Barnabas the one who was willing to go and do what someone else may not have been willing to do. Barnabas puts himself into that. Barnabas then gets his eyes opened. Barnabas hears the Holy Spirit speak. Barnabas goes and gets Saul of Tarsus, brings Saul of Tarsus into Antioch and Antioch then becomes the principal sending church to the entire Gentile world and it's incredible and of course the rest of Acts opens it right up you know we know that why was Barnabas trusted because he had a reputation we know in Acts 4 I've already said it that he brought money to the apostles and they distributed it 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 was Barnabas who, who took a step of faith and did what he was intended to do it says give your burdens to the lord and he will take care of you he will not permit the godly to slip and fall he will not permit if you look at the hebrew behind the words not permit it actually says he will deliver up he will he will yield a produce god uh, give your burdens to the lord and he will take care of you he will deliver you up and yield a product He'll, he'll produce through you The godly will not slip and fall. There'll be times when you feel like you're on a slippery slope. There'll be times when you feel like, I don't know if I'm going to get through. Let me just tell you, there are no burdens too tough for God to handle. He's the master of turning burdens into opportunities. Mm -hmm. Burdens into blessings. Burdens. The yes, I will. The yes, the choice of saying yes. The choice of giving your burdens to God. Can I have the music team if you just join me? we're in good time this morning just as we finish and these guys get themselves in place I just want to share a little story recognise the man? Oscar Schindler Uh, I watched the film Schindler's List recently I was so inspired by a friend of mine who's a pastor from central London who talked about Oscar Schindler so I, I bought the film and I watched the movie and I've been saying this to our staff you know Whoever saves one life, saves the world. Whoever saves one life, saves the world. Oscar Schindler, a man who really lived in the Second World War. You know what amazes me? That film's called Schindler's List. You know why it's called Schindler's List? Because he listed every single person that he was gonna save. He listed them out. He wrote down a list. I think it's Ben Kingsley is in that film. And he dictates, he said, No, you've got to add this person, you've got to add that person, you've got to add. You've got to add. You've got to add. We've got to add people. The answer is yes. The answer is not no. I encourage you to watch the film, right at the end, you can see it on YouTube if you haven't got the DVD, but he talks about adding. We've got to add. But this person's 60, 70, 8. doesn't matter. Add them, but they're a child. Doesn't matter. Add them. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer is not no. If your answer is no, why is it no? You've got to have a good reason to say no. In the kingdom of God, the answer is yes. Schindler's list, he saved over 1,200 Jews. Each one of them by name. That's why Vlad's doing the job he's doing in our church. But he can't do it on his own. That's why when we get a name, if you fill in the card today, you're not just a, a number. You're on our list, which means we care about you. Now we might mess around, we might get it wrong, we might drop the ball. But you are on our list. Why are you on our list? Because God's put you on our list. Why? Because you are here to grow, you are here to develop, you are here because God is wanting to meet with you. Our church is about trusting God to do what we gotta do. And if your answer is no, I'm too busy, or I've got other things to do on Saturday morning, or you know what? Family is important and family is our priority if you're family people. But you know what? There's a lot more we can do and the answer is yes. And if we say yes, we save people's lives. If we say no, we don't save people's lives. That's how simple it is. If we say yes, we buy into being committed to fellowship. If we say yes, we come to the prayer meeting. If we say yes, we see people as valuable to God. If we say yes, we will win more of the lost. If we say yes, we will disciple people. If we say yes, lives will change. If we say yes, stuff you could never predict will happen. If you say yes, the miraculous will happen. If you say yes, people will be encouraged. If you say yes, things will be fruitful and will multiply. If you say yes, but it's a choice. Are we going to say yes or are we going to leave it to somebody else? It's a discipleship journey. It's a discipleship journey. and there's a friend of mine, Andrew White. Who's heard of a canon Andrew White? I heard him speak in London recently, or last year. You know, he's got ME, I believe. He can hardly move. Dunning, he's a a surgeon, I believe, medically trained. And I went up to him and I I got a copy of his book, Faith Under Fire, and I said, Andrew, what is it you think the most important thing is I should think about. And he went, blessings, Andrew White, take risk. Take risk. I wanna leave that as a thought. We get so consumed with our (laughs) own pressures, but we gotta start saying yes. We gotta say yes, yes, yes. We gotta say yes, yes, yes. And when God says move, we say yes. Unless there's a good, and why, why is fellowship important? Because it helps us to test whether yes is the right thing but in fellowship yes will make a difference so if you're someone who says right now i don't know make your yes yes or your no no but let me encourage you to say yes let's sing a song adam